Hi, and welcome to Reasoning Together with Dan and Amy Perkins. We're so grateful that you decided to join us. What this podcast is, is this is just me and my wife. We just open the Bible, take a passage of scripture or a whole book of the Bible or a topic from uh, what's happening in the culture today, and we just uh, see what the Bible has to say about it. We open it up and just reason together, and so we just invite you to join in on our conversation as we reason together from the scriptures. Uh, but before we dive into today, we have a quick update. Uh, we haven't been able to record for a while because uh, my wife has been uh, under the weather. So Amy, why don't you go ahead and uh, give everybody an update about what's been going on? So I tested positive for COVID, um, and so I was down for a good two weeks, um, just really down, really wore out, wiped out from it. Um, I think I've I've pretty much fully recovered. Yeah. I have a couple lingering symptoms left. I still can't taste fully. Oh. I can't smell, but... Yeah, that's so weird. Yeah, but uh, for the most part, I've fully recovered, so... Yeah. We just have not been able to record. I, it really did. Um, I had a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't get my thoughts together or anything like that for quite a while. And so, um, yeah, we just weren't able to record. So we apologize for being out for so long. But yeah. so now sometimes me, life yeah, life, happens. life happens and things get in the way. And so now, now both of us have had it. I had it mm-hmm. um, back in January. Uh, and you did not get it from me back in January. I didn't, Mm-mm. but somehow I got it this time, and I wasn't around anybody that yeah. I'm aware of. I was, we sleep in the same bed, and right. I didn't get it from you, but right. somehow I got it this time, so. Yeah, so, well. But it's run its course, and thank God I seem to have fully recovered and yeah, doing well now. Back to normal, getting right. back into normal routines and life. And Yeah, and so we thank you guys for being patient with us as mm-hmm. uh, we've been, I've been taking care of her and the two kids and uh, working and everything like that. So, um, you know, we had to put this off for a little bit, but now we're back. Amy is we're fully gonna, recovered. We're going to finally finish Galatians. The, the book of Galatians, <laughs> we're going to finish it. And so today we're going to be talking about uh, chapters four and five. And so let's go ahead, Amy, and let's uh, dive right in. I'm going to start just, I'm just going to read a little bit um, from the last uh, the last verse in chapter three and a little uh, seven verses in chapter four. It says this, it says, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a bondservant, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of this world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. And so right away, Paul's talking about just our sonship. Um, He's really going after something that I think is pretty key, especially in today's culture, because he's speaking to our identity as sons and daughters of God through Jesus Christ. And I think that is so uh, important for us, I think, to grab a hold of and to really understand who we are in Christ, that we are adopted into the family of God. We are now sons and daughters of God. And and I think that's important because our culture right now is obsessed with identities. And so there's so many 
competing identities out there as to who we are based on our sexuality, who we are based on what we do for a living, who we are based on where we were born, who we are based on the color of our skin, who we are based on, you know, whatever you, whatever you can think of, you name it. And, and so, you, so you have all these competing identities out there. Um, but I think the, the main one that we as believers, as followers of Jesus, need to be concerned with and need to identify the most with is our sonship and, uh, in Christ, you know, as being sons uh, of God through, through faith in Jesus Christ. And so um, I think it's really, really big and really important. And so he also calls us and tells us that through this adoption, because of this adoption, that we are now heirs with Christ. And we are now co-heirs with him. And back in the last part of chapter three, he says that we, we, since we are Christ, then we are we are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And so that means that we are now full inheritors through Christ and with Christ of the kingdom of God. And I think that is just something so beautiful. Though we were not born into the family of God, we have now been adopted into the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ, which makes us now full inheritors to the kingdom of God. And I think that's so awesome. I think about what it meant to be um, adopted back in the time of Paul, like in the Roman culture, what it meant to be adopted in the Roman family. It meant that when you were adopted into the uh, uh, family, that your old life, your old, even your old name was done away with. It was that mm-hmm. it was this if it, that person had never existed, and you now take on the full identity of mm-hmm. your new adopting family, and that's how you are now. You are now known, and you are a, a guaranteed the full rights of that family. And so, whatever, whatever, um, if, if you were a son or a daughter or whatever, like you were now, you were now in that family, and you you were now considered um, a part of that family, and every all the rights that were afforded to that family, to the adopted family, is now yours in that. And so, you have their name um, attached to yours, and that old name that you once bore and once had. Uh, is gone and it's done away with. And so now, and, and so Paul is like alluding to this when he talks about the adoption that we have in Christ, that we are now, like our old name, our old nature, our old life is now done away with. It's, it's, it's a, as if that person has never existed and we are now adopted into the family of God and we now take on the name of Christ and we now have that uh, for ourselves and now we have the full rights and privileges of the name of Christ as sons and daughters. And I just think that's so amazing. That is amazing. Just listening to you say that, I'm just thinking like, wow, like how good all this is that God has done for us and that we didn't deserve any of, it. Any of this. But look, listen to what he has done for us, that he has completely wiped away our old self, completely wiped away our past, our sins, our shame and all of that stuff and put us took us from the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of light. Yeah. And none of this was our doing. This was all God's doing, but he has done all of this for us through Christ and gave us this inheritance. I was thinking in Peter, how it says we have this inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade that is kept in heaven for us. We have this, all of this now through Christ, through being born again and now our faith in Christ and that's just amazing like God has done all of this for us none of this was our doing this has right. all been done for us how good is that right 
I think that it, it's so That's amazing. amazing. It, it really is. And I mean, think about this. Like now we have the ability, he says, because, uh, because the Spirit of God dwells inside of us because we have now been adopted into the family of God that we now get to call God Father. And we get to call him uh, Father in familial terms, like, like as in like Abba, Father, like, you know, that informal way of saying uh, Dad in in, in uh, Aramaic, it's just so beautiful, you know, it's just so beautiful that we can now call God our Father, um, and that He sees us as son, sons and daughters, that we are now a part of this family that's going to inherit the kingdom of God, that, that, that there's an inheritance that's coming, that we, we, you know, and so that's beautiful. It says that, you know, for a time that we were under the guardianship of the law, but now, but now that, that that's been done away with, we've been redeemed up out of that, like we no longer need those guardians because we have the Spirit of God uh, living inside of us so that we're a son and we're no longer a bondservant. And so we're, we are born of the free woman and not of the, not of the, the bondservant. And so I think that's just so awesome that, that we have the Spirit of God now dwelling inside of us um, and because of that, we can now come to God um, anytime, any day, uh, as a son or a daughter comes to their father and just and just be with them. The rights and privileges we have now <clears throat> to just come to Him freely mm. is—it's really amazing. It's such a blessing. It really and, is. And because we have the Spirit of God inside of us, that means that we we are now free. We are now free in Christ. We are no longer um, uh, under the yoke of the law. But we are now under uh, freedom uh, in the power of the Spirit through faith in Jesus Christ. It says that in chapter 5, it says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Like we have this profound freedom in Christ through the indwelling Spirit of God that's inside of us. We have this new, clean, washed temple that God is now using to house his Holy Spirit, and we have this profound freedom in Christ. I think it's just so amazing that not, not only are we sons and daughters, not only do we um, are able to call God our Father and we cry, Abba, Father, but he houses his Spirit inside of us, and we have this amazing freedom that we no longer have to submit ourselves to regulations. We no longer have to submit ourselves to washings or to uh, a certain dietary laws or that we have to celebrate certain feasts or uh, new moons or, or, or things like this, like that, that we even have a new Sabbath rest that we now um, partake in. And so we have this profound freedom in Christ. And I just think it's so beautiful uh, what Jesus uh, has done. And so this is why Paul is really encouraging them, like, you know, and exhorting them and, and, and admonishing them and, and correcting and rebuking them to not go back to the former way because the benefits of being a son and daughter are so much greater and so much better than anything the law can provide. You know, and so and so Paul is like laying it all out here, like, no, we're we're sons and daughters now through faith, that we're heirs of the kingdom of God, that we have this profound freedom. Why would you ever want to go back to submitting yourself to this yoke uh, of being a bondservant to the law again? Because he actually says um, in chapter five, verse two, that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you. And in verse 4, you who are trying to be justified by the law, has al you have alienated yourself from Christ. Right. And so, 
you know, God has set us free from that, and now we're to be in Christ mm-hmm. and not be. He says, if you're trying to do, if you're still mm-hmm. trying to follow the law, you can't. You're alienated from Christ, right? Because it's a Jesus and type of situation. He's, you know, he's saying that, like, you know, you're trying to be justified in God's sight and trying to earn your salvation through circumcision. And he said, that's, that's not right. They'd like, if you try to do that, then, then Christ is of no value. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So, so, in so, our, so, in so it's either Christ, Christ and Christ alone or Christ or, or, or nothing. It's Christ right. and Christ alone or nothing. So it's not of our works, our outward right. working or anything that we do. Right. Um, it's just by faith. And something else that we have been set free from now in chapter 5, he talks about, is our sinful nature. Right. Right, so mm-hmm. it says in verse 13, it says, You, my brothers, who were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in your sinful nature. Right. Rather, serve one another in love. And um, in Romans, it talks about in Romans 8. Romans 8, actually, the whole thing goes with Galatians 5. Right. So if you read that, it says the same exact thing. But Romans 8 talks about how we no longer have an obligation to follow our sinful nature because we have been set free from that. Mm -hmm. And so we have been set free from the law. We have been made right with God. And we have also been set free from the power Mm -hmm. of our sinful nature that no longer has a hold on us or control on us. We are no longer under that control. So we are free now in the spirit to serve God. We are free now in the spirit to love one another. We are free now in the spirit to walk by the spirit and not according to our sinful nature. Right. It was one of the things that, uh, an accusation that was leveled against Paul fairly often, and and sometimes even teachers would um, grab Paul's teaching and, and use it, uh, misuse it, I should say. And what they would say is, is that because p- the, Paul's teaching that justification, salvation comes through faith alone in Christ, that people just use that as a, as a license uh, to sin, that it's just free, it, like, it doesn't matter, like, how you behave, it doesn't matter anything, and Paul, like, is no is refuting that, and he says, no, like, we have a responsibility now to be led by the Spirit and not by our sinful flesh, and so if you're really walking according to the power of the Spirit, then you're not going to gratify the, the sinful passions of your flesh, and so that was an accusation that was leveled against Paul mm-hmm. fairly frequently during his ministry, um, but he every time he uses it, when he talks about living according to the Spirit, he talks about, like, we no longer have an obligation to fulfill the p- passions of our flesh, right? Because we're, we're walking according to the power of the Spirit, and so we are set free from that sinful nature and those sinful patterns. Not that we don't mess up, but that we don't live in them anymore. We are no longer controlled, controlled by them. By them. Right. And that's really the that's, difference, is, is whether somebody has the power over sin mm-hmm. or not. Right. And that's really the mark here that Paul is making because he says, you know, those who belong to Christ Jesus has crucified their sinful nature and its mm-hmm. passions and desires. This is chapter 5, verse 24. Mm-hmm. And even up in verse 16 of chapter 5, it says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Right. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So he never, the Bible never endorses now that we're forgiven. We can live however we want. Right. I don't see no. that anywhere. Even in Romans 8, <laughs> if you work. read Romans 8, it talks about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the sinful mind is controlled by this and that, and right. but the spirit, like it makes the distinction between those sin who are led by yeah, sin leads to the death. sinful nature and those led by the spirit. Mm-hmm. 
And so, um, yeah, that's just not biblical at all. Right. And it just, like I was thinking about it when I was reading this, and I was thinking, you know, when I became a Christian, I got saved outside of the church, and so I was never in a church yet and didn't really have Christian friends. But um, when I got saved, I was no longer under the obligation to follow my sinful nature. Like I had the Holy Spirit in me. I no longer had to drink. I no longer had to get high and do all these things. I was set free from that. I was set free from that bondage and that control. So because of that, I ended up losing a lot of my friends just simply because I didn't party anymore. Um, But it was just because I didn't have to. Because I was, like, I got kind of lonely because I did lose my friends. And there were times I made choices to go to parties again just to be around people and just kind of feel a part of something. And um, there were times where I chose to drink a little bit just to kind of fit in and not be so alienated. But the difference was, was I no longer had to. Like I made that choice, but I no longer had to. I was set free from that power and that control of my sinful nature. Before I had the Holy Spirit in me, I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. I just had to follow my sinful nature, right? And so, but the difference is, is when we have the Holy Spirit, we now have a choice. And Paul says, don't use that freedom. You've been set free. The Holy Spirit has set you free from the power of your sinful nature. Now use that to follow the Spirit and not indulge in your sinful nature. And so the Bible never endorses, Mm -hmm. you know, we're saved by grace and now we live however we want. Yeah, and there's actually a a really big warning Paul lays out here who for people who do indulge in their sinful nature, who do live according to that. He says that that people who still live according to their sinful nature will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, you know, for those who live according to the power of the Spirit, though, they will they are heirs. He says, "We if we are Christ, then we are heirs according to the promise. But for those who still live according to their sinful nature, um, will not inherit the, the kingdom of God. He says, I warn you, as I warned you before. He's saying, "I listen, I've told you this over and over again, that you can't live according to your sinful nature. You can't indulge the passions of your flesh. If you do, like that, that shows that the Spirit of God does not live in you, right? Yeah. So that's in Romans, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Right. And so and so he goes through and he and he lists out all these different um passions of the flesh. And I think it's interesting um when he lists these out in we're in chapter five, verse nineteen, how it says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy. Fits of rage, selfish, ambi- selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness, and the like. What I thought was interesting about this list was not only did Paul list the big sins, that, like we like to call them, but he also included little sins that we don't pay much attention to, right? Like he says, but he puts them all in the same list that people who live this way will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I just thought it was interesting that in the list with sexual immorality and idolatry and witchcraft is also discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Like those are things that I think we like to call little and don't pay much attention to or don't think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But Paul put it in the same category in the same list as sexual immorality and witchcraft. Right. And he said people who live according to this mm-hmm. will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I don't know, I just, I thought it was interesting because it seems like we like to put sins in categories of what is big, what is little, 
You know what I mean? But I don't really see that, honestly, that when I read the Bible, like even in Proverbs, it says like six things God hates, seven that he detests or whatever. But it says the things he hates, you know, yes, in there is hands who shed innocent innocent blood, and we all like to use that. Uh, but it also says haughty eyes and yeah. a proudful look mm-hmm. and those who sow discord. And so it just is, I just think that's interesting that, and I never really understand why in our Christian culture we like to make pinpoint out certain sins Mm -hmm. and let the others go when the Bible says we need to crucify all these. Like we're not to be led by our sinful nature Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have them in categories, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And so actually for the believer, like when you live according to the power of the Spirit, like you won't be living and indulging yourself in these things. You might fall, you might slip, but you won't be living there. This won't be this won't be what categorizes or characterizes your life. Like right. the, you know, and so we we have the ability and the power now living inside of us to overcome this because we are sons and daughters, so we are heirs, and so we will inherit the kingdom of God. We will persevere through and we will overcome these sins. And and, and I think it's so important that we look at the fruits of the spirit because I think we have to Remember that we're not just called to crucify our flesh and just live there, but we're we're called to move on to to the resurrection mm. power that lives inside mm-hmm. of us. You know what I mean? And so we so like if we spend all of our time just trying to do these things and trying to crucify our flesh, we're just going to be really miserable. But but that's not life according to the power of the Spirit. We're like we have the resurrection power that's living inside of us, so we move on to the fruits of the Spirit, right? Jesus even mm-hmm. says it, like, like we have to replace these things with something. So we have to replace jealousy with love. We have to replace these things. He says that what, what good is it if a house is swept clean, but there's nothing inside of it, right? This says that, that the demons that are swept, swept out go searching for for another place to go and they come back and they found the find the house empty so they just bring seven more friends with it right but it's the same way so like when we get rid of these things when we empty ourselves and crucify our flesh we have to replace it with the fruits of the spirit and that's where we want to live is in the power the resurrection power and in the fruits of the spirit which are love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He says, when we live according to these things, there is no law against this, right? There is no law against it. I think we get miserable when we are trying to crucify our flesh on our own, mm-hmm. in our own power, right? Yeah. But if we do what Roman says, by the power of the Spirit, mm-hmm put to death the misdeeds of the body, right? Right. I think that's when we experience the fruit of the Spirit. We experience joy. We experience peace. You know what I mean? When I'm empowered by the Spirit, when when I pray in the morning and I submit myself to God and I surrender to God and I tell Him, I can't do this on my own. I need you to empower me to live this way, right? And when God's Spirit empowers me, to have self-control for the day, to, you know what I mean, to to have patience, to have kindness. I do experience joy. I do experience peace. And so I think it's just important that it's by the power of the Spirit that we do these things. It's not... Again, right. us doing this on our own because we right. don't have the power to do that. Right. But when we do walk according to the Spirit, we do experience these things. We experience. Right. I experience peace right. and joy and... You know, I have joy when I'm not 
enslaved to my sinful nature, when I'm mm-hmm. not just acting however my nature wants to act. Right. Yeah, and so and that's what he says. He says, if we live by the Spirit, let's also keep in step with the Spirit. So that means, that's an ongoing process. That's a daily process to make sure that we are keeping in step with the Spirit and making sure that we are um, submitting to Him on a daily basis and making sure that we're spending that time with Him and um, living according to His power and not our own. The, you know, the moment we start living according to our power is when we go right back to gratifying the passions of our flesh and and reacting and you know having those fits of anger and rage and you know all those all those sorts of things. And so it's so it's important for the Christian, for us, the followers of Jesus, to make sure that we are living according to the power of the Spirit, making sure that we are not indulging and gratifying the sinful pleasures or passions that we have, um, but keeping in step with what the Spirit wants uh, for us and how we should be living. Yeah, I've heard it said before that, you know, grace is not the license to sin, Mm -hmm. but it's the empowerment not to sin. Right. And that's really what this is. It is the Spirit empowers us to no longer walk according to our sinful nature. Right. Yep, he gives us, he empowers us. I really like that, that, that grace really is empowering us to overcome sin and to live for Jesus and to live for him and to be sold out for him and to not go back and, and gratify the desires of our flesh. I, yeah. I and agree. so there again, yeah. we see the goodness of God, right. that he has empowered, empowered us. us to live this way. He did not call us to live a w- this way on our own and just to figure it out and muster right. it up and try to make this thing happen like he has empowered us yeah. it's all a li- gift from him it, it it's really all a, is from in, from the beginning to the end it's all a gift from him and it's all yeah. good right when it you really think is. about all of this this is all good yeah and it, it really is and it's sanctifying us that we might be set apart solely for him right and so um i think that's beautiful it, to know that from the, from the very start to the very finish this is god who's working in us according to his will and for his good pleasure right and that's and so that's that's beautiful that he's do, he's the one who's doing this and he says that he will complete the work that he started inside of you and that you mm-hmm. know that comes from philippians and so um i think that's a good place to pull up there so um amy do you have anything else nope i no. think that's a good all right well it. well this has been uh reasoning together with dan and amy perkins thank you so much for joining us uh, if this has blessed you if you think this would be um good for somebody else to listen to we'd like ask that you just like and share this uh, subscribe to this on whatever platform you're, you're on uh in order to not miss an episode and so this has just been us inviting you to sit at our kitchen table to join in on our conversation as we open the bible and reason together from the scriptures Thank you.